Andrew Balbert, and Timothy Brass, and Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio, my guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio, making his fortnightly appearance in the program, or something resembling his fortnightly appearance in the program, is a prolific contributor to Fangraphs.com, Travis Sachik. Travis Sachik is the guest on this, 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 this edition of the program. Travis Sachik, at my request, explores some of the finer points of the beat, working the beat, serving for a paper as a beat reporter. Of course, Travis Sachik, before he joined Team Fangraphs, was the beat reporter for the Pittsburgh Trivia Review for that city's baseball team, the Pittsburgh Pirates. And here I ask him to exhaust, I force him to exhaust what wisdom he extracted from that post. For example, which Marriott's in this country are located nearest to and furthest from Major League Ballparks? Travis Sochek has the answer. Where has Travis Sochek gone drinking in Covington, Kentucky? And whom has he met there? Travis Sochek has the answer to that as well. He also, uh, in case you think that there is no dark churn here, in case you had the gumption to assume that we did not plumb the depths of the human experience, here Travis Sochek relates a harrowing and true fact about his ancestors. But yes, I've had ancestors who died in coal mines in Pennsylvania. The dark and the light from Travis Sarchek and what's to follow. Before we get to the conversation, I am contractually obligated and pleased also to remind listeners that Fangraphs membership exists. For a reasonable sum, you can support Fangraphs.com. Also, for a slightly less reasonable sum, you can acquire an ad-free membership at Fangraphs, allowing you, as a reader... To browse Fangraphs.com without the burden of banner ads and without the distortive effects of banner ads, faster loading speeds, freedom from advertising, all of that and more. Fangraphs ad-free membership available at Fangraphs.com at the link for the post for this edition of Fangraphs Audio. Okay, let's move on to the conversation. What is it? It is Fangraphs Audio. Who does it feature? The prolific Travis Sotrick outside his house on a beautiful spring day. And when does it begin? Right now. Are you right now nestled in the midst of a, of a beautiful spring day? <laughs> I am, actually. Uh, Are you recording this outside? Is that okay? No, it's it's so great. It's so great. <laughs> is that great. okay? It's fantastic. It sounds yeah. great. What, it sounds like you have... I'm trying to identify the uh, your aviary life there in the background, but I, I can't. I don't know. Do, what sort of birds do you get typically? We... There's some robins. We have some doves nested in a flower pot in our yard. And we also see the occasional cardinal blue jay. I'm not sure... Uh, how many species are nested in our yard? But there are quite a few, and they're enjoying the day. It is it's a lovely beautiful. day. It's a lovely oh, day in it, Pittsburgh. It sounds great. Yeah, I I fully endorse what you've decided to do, which is I was actually trying to make a sort of um, flow chart of how to conduct myself um, inside, outside. So inside we have a beautiful stove, okay? It's like a, a parlor stove, you might call it, uh, propane and I and, and so I either want to be I either want that to be on, or I want the windows to be open, or I want to be outside. So I made a flow chart to say like if this is true, then this. And I think that my cutoff was sixty degrees. Like if it's above sixty degrees, actually, then I would be outside. But if it's above sixty degrees and raining, 
then I guess I would be inside maybe with the windows open. And if it's below 60 degrees, I'm inside with the parlor stove on. But I, I think ultimately it, w- it was too rigid. It, it needs to be a little bit more fluid. Yeah. Oh, well, I made a decision based upon a two-year-old's nap, weather. And my wife was also trying to watch a uh, television program. So all those reasons compelled me to come outside. But I'm glad I made this decision. And maybe this will become the new... Uh, preferred spot. I wish it would. I wish it would, especially... These episodes. Yeah, during... I would. I love participating in the spring day. I think that you are just... You're, you're relatively south of where I am, and so you get to you get the benefit of that. We're a bit rainy and cold today. I think it was 42 degrees today when I was walking to the cafe. It said on the Bath Savings Institution uh, time and temperature board outside of the bank. What's the name um, of the cafe you go to? Uh, cafe Creme. It's um. It is not traditionally the the sort of cafe I would choose. I would want something that's almost exclusively reclaimed wood, you know. And then the all the coffees would be, you know, there would be like a like a barista with floppy hair, and he's like, yeah, this is single origin, dot dot dot, et cetera, type thing. But this cafe is amazing, insofar as like basically, so far as I can tell, everyone in town goes there. Okay. Um, so Look, I see the same people almost every day. Yeah. Uh, looks like route. Are you by Route One that goes over the the river? Sure, Route One. Yeah, yeah. I can see, I can see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see what you're doing. Yeah. Do you see Cafe Creme is right there at the do. corner of? Yeah. It looks like you have a great view of the the river, and uh, looks like the library is nearby, and there's a Thai I lo- restaurant. Love the library. Great library. I go to the library with some frequency, and I'll talk to Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen is a big fan of mystery series, as am I. Uh, so we will talk either about, or not mystery so much as, well, yeah, mystery and and, and uh, police drama. So we will talk about Foyle's War, uh, starring uh, Detective Superintendent Foyle. And then we also talk about Endeavor, which is uh, Inspector Morse, except when Morse was young. That's great. Yeah, you know, when, we, when we have jobs uh, like these, it's nice... And we work from home. It is nice to have a place to go where you interact with humans and you you don't feel so isolated. So I'm glad you have Cafe Crumb. It's uh, a, I'm I'm glad you were glad we were there. This, we were there today. Uh, a lovely place to be is what I would say. Um, <clears throat> I want to ask you. I haven't done this enough, Travis, which is uh, to inquire about your previous life as <laughs> as a B reporter. <laughs> I know that to you, probably, to a lot of people, I seem like a very confident and self-possessed person, handsome, um, this sort of thing. But I will say there is a certain glamour to the beat reporting life, which you I don't know if you find that funny or not. There's a certain glamour to it, though, that – so I sort of regard you as kind of like – you kind of like done this cool big brother thing. And so I and I, I feel that sort of relationship to you, if that makes sense. And that I, I failed and came home. <laughs> well, no, 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 you, uh, no, not that at all. Well, well no, we're going to get to some of the advantages of being not a beat reporter too. I think is my guess. But uh, and this may this may be this may be, this may be the theme, just as um, you recording outside of your house, uh, me continuing to ask you about your life as a beat reporter might might be a theme but this is you've actually already started you've given me even more ideas than than uh, than i began with 
And one of them involves weather. Travis. Oh. So two weeks ago, three weeks ago maybe, Eric Longenagen was bullying me. Do you know lead prospect analyst Eric Longenagen? I know of his work. Yeah. <laughs> We've never spoken. Oh, he's a great guy, though. He's, a prolific, actually... he's a prolific analyst, it appears. Oh, yeah. 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 That's why he's the lead prospect analyst. Um, he, so he was trying to bully me into attending a game between University of North Carolina and Boston College in Boston. And I reported to him that ice pellets was the, was the forecast for that <laughs> day. And I said, I'm not going to ice pellets. It's not, I'm not doing that. Nor should you. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Travis. He did not see it that way, but it's also it's also pretty easy to have uh, that sort of resolve when you're re- when you're responding from uh, Tempe, Arizona, <laughs> which is where he lives. Um, <clears throat> now, I did actually happen to go to a game last week and uh, oh, last week today, and it was a, a Northeastern College of Charleston game, and it was a beautiful weather. It was actually low 60s, but I was sitting on these sort of metal uh, benches. And it, and it was uh, reflecting the light perfectly. It was uh, it was uh, blueberries and cream is how I describe the weather. Oh, yeah, that sounds yeah. delightful. Yeah, it was it was nice. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it was great. It's a beautiful park too. Um, but uh, it occurs to me that as a as a beat reporter, Travis, you have to contend with all manner of weather, and you're not a, you're not simply able to say I decide I declare that I will not do this. <laughs> because I assume at that point the Pittsburgh Tribune Review says, well, we declare some other things in response to your <laughs> declaration. Yes. Uh, well, when you're at the actual venue, the stadium, uh, most press boxes are climate controlled. And a lot of times the, the windows will be closed if it's below a certain degree of temperature. So mm-hmm. uh, I was in, as you might know from my Cleveland Dateline, this week, I was in Cleveland last weekend, and oh, yeah, right. the, the, the windows were closed. Uh, much to my disappointment, they were closed. I feel like it was not quite cold enough to to warrant to close into the press box windows, but they were closed. So we now in Wrigley Field, it's more difficult to open and close the press box windows. Uh, so they'll be open in colder weather, and you have to prepare for it. So right. it's sort of stadium dependent. But then there's the weather on the road and flights that can cause havoc. There's something dismal, I'm guessing, about being in the press box on like a 40 during a 40 degree game when like basically all of the fans have gone home. Yeah, I mean, uh, beat writer, you are you have to be there, as you know. You can't just yeah. you can't leave. You have to grind through it, and, uh, I mean, there, there's romantic aspects of beat writing, and, yeah, when I was a child growing up, I thought it was really cool to be a beat writer, and when I was a beat writer, it was an enjoyable job, mm-hmm. uh, but there are, the weather, uh, yeah, there's some, there's some negatives, there are some complications that you have to deal with, and poor weather can be one of them. Yeah. You, well, you recounted, I believe... It was a it was a recent piece you wrote, or somewhat recent, which you I think you recounted some game you were in the I think you were in the extra innings and you were essentially you were you were uh, you were dying for it to end. I think is was the basic thing. 
Do you, do you remember what beast this was from? Uh, was this the uh, tie game? Was this? Yes, I think, yeah, you wrote something along oh, those yeah. lines. It was the last game I ever covered, I think, as a beat writer. Unless I become a beat writer again. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Dave Appleman and Dave Cameron don't think I should be... They're not hoping to become no, a beat no, writer no, again. No. They're definitely uh, not listening. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but, yes, it was the last game of last season. Yeah. And... You know, Pirates are out of it. Cubs had clinched the division. Uh, it was a bitterly cold day. It was raining. There, there's hardly anyone at the stadium. <laughs> and the tarp came out. I think it was the, like the sixth inning. Mm-hmm. And I was actually curious. How long would they keep the, how long would they try to play this game? And thankfully, uh, for everyone involved, they decided to, the score was tied. Uh, they, despite that, just decided to call it a game. It was, it was the first ties. I guess are not recorded in the standings, but it was the first game to end in a tie in some time. Uh, but yeah, I was pleased that it did because it was an awful night. Everyone wanted. To, it was an awful season for the Pirates. It was not very interesting to write about at the end. Of, so mercifully, it ended. Uh, but there's been many times where you have to sit through a three-hour rain delay. You have to be there at the end of a 17-inning game, and that's not too. I don't want to sound like a whiner and complainer. No, no, I want you uh, to sound like a whiner and a complainer. That's 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 precisely what I'm getting these, at. Yeah, these are. It's not glamorous at that point. It is a job. <laughs> you want to be somewhere else. You can't turn your TV off and go to bed. Uh, yeah, there's times where you'll leave a stadium at two, three in the morning, and that's not very glamorous or romantic. Uh, yeah, so definitely, so observed... weather can ruin your day as a beat writer. That's for sure. What are the now you've observed a number of rain delays and postponements. I, I, I imagine. I have. What are the guidelines? I suppose. Um, now, and, and I'm not necessarily talking about how it's actually written in the rule book. I'm talking about from your experience. What are the? What is the salient information that the? I guess what the umpiring crew or the teams will use to call a game. Th- or to wait, or to wait <clears throat> out the weather. I believe before games, uh, the team, de- the home team decides, and then once the game starts, it's at the, the discretion of the umpire. It would be okay. rather unfair if the home team was able to decide once the game started. Yes, what, that's a good point. Whether it should be now called they, or now not. Now you mention it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I, those are the guidelines. Uh, I believe the general guidelines. What's the largest? What's the longest? rain delay through which you've ever sat? I, I would have to go back to my record book. Uh, okay. Th- there's definitely been games where there's multiple rain delays. That's very frustrating. Uh, the start, the, the stop, the restart, the stop. You spend a lot of time looking at weather radar as a beat writer to, uh-huh. to, under, to, under, to anticipate what might happen, how to plan your day. Uh, I will say, if you're a visiting beat writer in Pittsburgh... There's two of the closest hotels to the ballpark. There's a Fairfield Inn, and I think a Spring Hill Suites, right next to the ballpark. So you can leave the stadium and go to your hotel room uh, and return once the game resumes. And some writers have done that. Uh, I think in San Diego, not that it ever... You, you could also do that, but there's hardly ever a weather delay there. And Toronto has the next nearest hotel room for a writer, but they have a roof, so it doesn't apply. So from the standpoint of weather... 
Pittsburgh is very friendly to traveling beat writers because you could retire to your chambers if you do not want to sit in the press box for, for say, three hours. But it can, rain delays can also be in a productive time to work ahead on a feature enterprise story or something else that's pressing. So it can, all, it can sometimes be a productive use of time, too, rather than You there. seem to be industrious because I, I know that today – this afternoon, you are actually working on a story that you're, that you're doing about ballparks and ballpark design. Yes, I'm excited about this uh, this piece. Yeah, um, and so you're working on it. Today is Friday, uh, and you're, but you're working on it today even though you're not going to be publishing it until Monday. And I recognize that this is not a piece that you can write simply in one day. But um, but this suggests to me that you're industrious because you're not leaving it till Sunday. I used to be a procrastinator, but mm-hmm. I found I enjoy my life experience more if I knock the said job or mm-hmm. out of the way. Then I can enjoy my weekend. Uh, so I don't like – when I was younger, I was a procrastinator, but I've learned I enjoy my time more if I have fewer uh, responsibilities hanging over my head. So, uh, yeah, I tend to – I like – on these Monday stories, I like to try to work ahead. And the same was true as a beat writer. I like to try to – I also think the quality of the work improves if you can start it. The earlier you start it, the more editing you can do, the more you could add to, the more polishing can be done. So, Yeah, well, especially when you don't have much of an editor to rely on. I have a great editor. You do? I don't know if you're aware of him, but he is <laughs> no, <I'm> fantastic. <laughs> you mentioned um, – I want to get back to some of the weather stuff in a second. <clears throat> you mentioned hotels. Um now, do is there do do like all writers stay at the same hotel? Because I think that's true of like mm, there's some really amazing point system so that causes all of the yes. front office members to stay at hotels, uh, same hotel. Well, it's a th- if you're a baseball writer, you probably have uh, a Marriott Rewards account, and you probably okay. have a Marriott Rewards credit card because they have a great because Marriotts are everywhere and they're generally nice hotels. Very consistent hotels, the best hotels, and <laughs> you and they have a great rewards program. <clears throat> so you can spend your company's money to stay at the hotel, and then at the end of the season, you have <clears throat> excuse me, you have you know three hundred thousand Marriott points to to spend how you choose to go on a trip. Uh, I know one scout who rewards his wife since he spent so much time away he accumulates all these rewards points and he they go on a very nice week-long trip after the end of every season so there's a lot of marriott's are great i love marriott's and yeah every writer i know that travels has often stays there uh and yeah, it's great it becomes you're often at the same hotels as writers uh you're yeah. you're constantly looking for Better locations of Marriotts, better deals, upgrades. It's kind of a game within the game. And uh, a lot of people will spend their time during rain delays looking at upcoming hotel reservations and if they can find a better hotel, a better rate, uh, that sort of thing. So it's a, it's a, it's a thing we all share. Is right. have, you, uh, have, you, have you stayed at a Marriott in every National League city, do you think? I think so. Very rarely have I think there's only been like two occasions in my four years traveling where I did not stay at a Marriott. Uh, do you have to make at, the res- Do you have to make the reservation yourself? It, I think most I did, and I think most writers control their hotel reservations. Assuming, I mean, we're all operating within some guidelines of what's acceptable to spend on a room, 
but yeah. we're given as long as you stay within those guidelines, the general practice is you have the freedom to choose your hotel, uh, and that's important because you want to set up your day. And uh, some people like to be near airports to leave. I always like I never stay at airport hotels. I like to be in the city and experience the city as much as I can. So it's nice to have that freedom to set up your trip uh, as you so choose. So what would so what if you forget? Like, what if you're an idiot and you don't make reservations at a hotel? <laughs> I mean, has that just never happened? Because, because I'm speaking for someone who's an who's an idiot who, do, who <coughs> does things like that, where it doesn't occur to me till like the day before I'm going to arrive in a town. Are you not much I, of a planner, Carson? No, no. Uh, it depends. It's a question of incentives. Like, if if it's a if it's a, something about which I'm excited, then I will will plan, you know, meticulously, I guess. Or at least do a lot of research, but um, no, the idea of if it's my job, like I probably just would totally avoid it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But th- there is an incentive to book ahead because uh, uh, generally the further ahead you book a hotel room, the better rate and the better hotel location. So okay. most writers will start making their reservations in the, the midst of winter as soon as they know their assignments to get those best rates, get those ideal locations. And... Uh, yeah, so there is plenty of incentive. Now, there's been times where I forgot I was on a trip or there's a miscommunication, and I've had to book at the, the last minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's that can be complicated. It can complicate matters. But there, the good thing is all our major cities in this country have many hotel rooms, and I've never been in a situation where I, I could not find a room and I had to spend the night under an overpass or something. So that's never happened. Uh yeah, so mm-hmm. I think you're fear. I wouldn't. Don't be fearful. If you ever become a beat writer and you forget to book your hotel, mm-hmm. you'll be okay. I'll be okay. Which uh, which Marriott is least conveniently located relative to the attendant ballpark? Uh, Detroit, I think, is difficult. There is like there's like a huge Marriott complex downtown Detroit, but. Uh, it can be expensive. I, you know, sometimes the rooms are over three hundred dollars, and uh, maybe if you're the New York Times, you can get away with that. But I couldn't. So then the nearest Marriotts are on the kind of the outer belt of the city, the periphery, and it's a twenty-mile drive into the city. Uh, so yeah, I think that was not an ideal location. I'm trying to think of some other ones, uh, but but generally there are reasonably priced Marriotts. In downtown, and there's many of them. Like Chicago, I feel like there's 200 Marriotts in the city, and I don't—they're all competing with each other. I don't it's understand a big why. Marriott, the big Marriott city. Yeah, so I—it amazes me. But yeah, Chicago's great for Marriotts and staying in the city. Uh, that was one of my favorite trips. Uh, I think St. Louis is tough. Well, no, but but Detroit was tough. Chicago good. Pittsburgh is good, but I never needed to book a hotel in Pittsburgh. Is the Marriott uh, close to the stadium in Pittsburgh as well? Yeah, uh, yeah. there's like two of them right by the park. There's the Renaissance across the river. So if we do our fan graphs, uh, mm-hmm. get together this summer in Pittsburgh, as I think is the plan, maybe you'll get to see in a Marriott. I don't be a number of options. There's, yeah. a, there's a possibility that I will not be able to attend uh, if in fact I have, because I might have a child that is merely days old at the time. 
when is the ETA on the said child's arrival? Oh, yeah, end of July. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think that for all parties involved, my probably be I will probably uh, make a uh, priority of hanging out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> following it. That's actually something that uh, – no, I, I know would, that – I would hate for you to have missed your child's birth to be the Fangraphs retreat as much as I enjoy your company. I think that – well, that would just make everybody sad, anyone <laughs> who heard that story. You really did that? Oh. <laughs> Oh, life really isn't worth living, is it? Yeah. Be a tough start. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who said of another friend, um, uh, half quoting Socrates, he said, uh, it was about our friend Chris, he said, Chris proves that sometimes even the examined life is not worth living. (laughs) Which is pretty pretty funny, right? That is funny. Yeah. You don't want to say that about your friends, but I think he was saying it in a sort of, uh, in a, in a way where you can uh, insult those you love more than you can those you don't, if that makes sense. It, yeah, it's funny how that it works that way, but it does. Hmm. What do you do for breakfast on the road? Oh, Marriott's. <laughs> <laughs> the, most Marriott's have a decent uh, – I guess nothing is free. It's built into the cost somehow, but you're not paying for it, and it, yeah. it's not an additional cost. So most Marriott's have a, I guess, acceptable – breakfast now i guess not everyone chooses to uh eat breakfast at the marriott's they don't want the powdered eggs or however they're made and uh but it is there there's generally a waffle machine if you like waffle machines and uh that's it's not too bad so typically there's a it sounds like there's a lot of hotel life going on um because you you i mean if you're eating breakfast at the hotel and you're doing that a number of, you know, you, you, there's 80 away dates per year. That's that's a bunch of Marriott breakfasts. <laughs> it is. I <laughs> I think most beats are split up between two people now. So yeah. hopefully yeah. no one's eating 80 Marriott breakfasts per year. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, there is a lot of hotel life, and there's a lot of hotel breakfast. Uh, now, presumably you've been... You've you've gone to bed somewhat late, right? Because you've had to uh, you've had to what do they go file? You have to file. What's the word for that's for taxes? What yeah. do you what is it when you have to when you, you, do, you yeah, a you, piece? You file. Uh, you file. Yes, maybe. So I will file my post mm-hmm. probably on Monday morning on stadiums. But uh, yeah, generally you file uh, late at night. Most games are night games, yeah. so you're usually. Depending on the deadlines of the operation, you're mm-hmm. leaving the park between, I'm trying to think, when would I normally leave? Probably around midnight, I get, maybe a little before. Uh, we had multiple deadlines, running deadlines, write-throughs. What does but that mean? What do, those, what do those things mean? So, when for game stories, you would most writers are tasked with writing a, a running game story, so it's for the website typically. Uh, and so as soon as the game ends, you're expected to be able to quickly hit send on something. <coughs> and hopefully it's comprehensible. And you send that story in. You rush down to interview the the key actors involved. You mm-hmm. rush back up to meet your write-through deadline. And, tip- and often there will be multiple uh, opportunities to write through your story, to add quotes, to add color, to sharpen, to improve... Some writers are more motivated than others to improve that product. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> that probably varies from day to day for for most. Oh, this is uh, true because you and I we we talked at some depth about the gamer. Yes, we did. One of our early yeah. conversations. Yeah, right. And you were telling me you were telling me all about your gamers. You you have a d- you had decent gamers, I think, but but they paled in comparison to it was it Andy McCulloch? <laughs> that's right. What yeah. you have a memory like a steel trap, Carson. Like yeah, that's right. It's not the only thing I got like a steel trap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounds dangerous, doesn't it? The uh, uh, yeah. So Andy McCulloch, you always had respect. So so the right through is the is essentially the. It's a more finished version of the gamer. That's the award winner, yes. That's uh, Yep, <laughs> that's where you get your Pulitzer. Yes. So you send in that, and then what? Then you pack up your belongings and you go home? Yes, the stadium's empty. You typically find the press box elevator. Uh, you go down to... I'm trying to think. Most stadiums you probably enter in the... Uh, the lower bowels of the stadium. You go mm-hmm. in yeah. through the where, where the players enter and exit out of the clubhouse. So generally, that's the exit to wherever your rental car's been parked, or if you're using public transportation. <clears throat> Man, I should have stayed inside. There's like this pollen or, or something. It's okay, though. No, this is real. This is real and raw. <laughs> you're out there. The so you so you're so now you're on your way home. Now I would guess, given. Uh, Given the sort of person you are, you're going to rely on public transit at every opportunity. I would, yes. Yeah. In Chicago, New York, I never, I refuse to rent a car. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee, you, where the stadium's located, you sort of have to rent a car. You got uh, to. Even though, even though downtown Milwaukee is maybe a hidden gem of the Great Lakes, I enjoy Milwaukee. Uh, but yeah, generally I would try to use public transportation. Not always possible. Uh, but I feel like it's one less headache. I never liked using the rental car. And, yeah. Uh, Are you a good driver generally? You consider it driver? <clears throat> I am. I just I don't like going to the rental car place. I don't like taking the bus to the rental car station uh, to mm-hmm. get that and sign the agreements and wait. It's just a big hassle. I like do you, to do you, do you, you waive the insurance? Out. Do you waive the insurance? I do. Okay. My my company allegedly told me they would cover. My expenses. Should I ever uh, destroy a destroy, destroy a, car? a car? Make a make a left hand turn I shouldn't have and cause mayhem and yeah yeah. I always so, uh, I always waive the insurance, but I don't necessarily know that I have a backup plan. I just don't want to seem to pay. Insurance is a losing <laughs> it's a losing bet, right? I, I mean, think it's it like is. Yeah. Warren Warren Buffett likes insurance companies, so uh, I think that so tells us all be, we yeah. need to and know. He's, and he's wealthy, right? Yes. The uh, Okay, so so we're doing that. Now, you wake up the next morning. What are your responsibilities then? Or, or is it just Marriott breakfast? Is that is that how you're starting your day? At what? Uh, well, I assume you've gone <laughs> <No>. back at night. <laughs> yeah, well, you've gone back at night, and uh, um, my guess is you can't fall asleep right away because you have that uh, that adrenaline from, from filing a gamer. There is. You are. You're awake. You are, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's adrenaline or just uh, having made full use of your yeah. ability, your mind, but you are, you're wired, you're awake. So yeah. normally I would uh, have an adult beverage after a game. Uh, yeah, that's it, all right. Yeah, that's normally I would. And uh, sometimes you'll well, where, see. You now where do you acquire it? Do you go to a bar or do you have to, do you pull a nip out of the, the uh, Marriott refrigerator there? 
I would try to go to a bar. I would try to go to a restaurant, get a go somewhere new, uh, maybe meet someone. I've met scouts, interesting people out. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll meet out with fellow writers, and post game can be an enjoyable time uh, on the beat. And it's uh, there's so that's where some of the camaraderie is uh, found and built. So yeah, usually a nightcap to end uh, end the day. Right, and then you get yourself, uh, but you still get yourself home at a responsible hour. <laughs> you let's wake hope so. up. You wake let's up. hope so. You wake up. What are your responsibilities in the morning besides Marriott breakfast? Um, yeah, I, uh, morning is usually a pretty open time. With with uh, most games are at night, so that means uh, for a seven o'clock game, clubhouse usually opens around three fifteen p.m. Uh, so you do have the mornings and early afternoons free to explore, to exercise. If, you seem to like to go to the gym, Carson, so you could exercise uh, before games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay, but, but, things, but I would generally like to try to explore the city I'm visiting uh, mm-hmm. in the mornings and early afternoons. Get lunch out somewhere. Uh, take a walk around uh, the city. So, yeah. What a, I, pleasure. I, I, what a pleasure, right? Yeah. The, Taking a walk? Yes. The It was quite pleasurable. The mornings mm-hmm. and early afternoons on the beat. Do you have any dread about? Oh, I have to do. I got this work to do. You have some of that dread. Uh, let me think back. I don't. There was not a huge amount of dread because I did enjoy the job for the most part. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, and you could, uh, and of course, the advantage I suppose uh, to to this is that. When you're ending up in a, in a place where a major league team plays, this is usually in an American city, as you mentioned. Yes, you get to see our great cities, many of them. Yeah, yeah, and also uh, Toronto's also that's not in America; it's North America, it's, I guess. Um, also a great city, uh, and so you can uh, you can tour, you can walk around. It doesn't even have to cost money, Travis. Walking around, admiring the architecture. The best things in life, Carson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gratis. Yeah, they're free. And then, um, okay, I'm getting an idea. Now, at what point? Like it, when I'm in Denver, I would. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I don't rent a car in Denver either. But one time I did just to drive into Rocky Ma- uh, National Park in the morning and come back before the game. So I rented a car. I had to pay a full day's rate, but I rented a car for about six hours just mm-hmm. to do some exploring. It was quite. It was wonderful. I stopped in Boulder. It was a it was a nice day. You remember that day fondly. I do. And then <laughs> maybe I dreaded going into <laughs> the ballpark that night because I was enjoying myself so much, and I was perhaps a little fatigued upon arriving. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yes, you spent yourself. The uh, now, at what point do you integrate your family into this? Because I know I, even just when since you've written written for Fangraphs, you you have submitted. Uh, Submitted posts, Travis, with uh, datelines from exotic locations, like such, Kiss- such as <laughs> like Kissimmee, Florida, or Kissimmee. How do you say Kissimmee? Kissimmee, I, I believe. Yeah, Kissimmee and Cleveland, Ohio, as, as we noted at the beginning of this conversation. Uh, yes, the, the datelines are going to be a little more limited this year. But yeah. I, <laughs> when there but is actual reporting done, I promise to provide them. 
Yeah, but you so you spend time away from <coughs> your family, and I have, I have to imagine that part of your reason to want uh, to maybe to to write for Fangraphs, for example, is based on the uh, the fact that you don't have to always be traveling, and you can spend time, especially you know if you have, I know you have a small child, therefore uh, you, you don't have to find yourself going far and wide. Do you? Do, do people have systems? I mean, not just you, but do generally the writers you know, do they have systems for uh, remaining in touch with their family? Or it, And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up Joan Coppolella here in a second. When you, we'll see the relationship. But do you feel it, it puts a strain on family life? I think it does. I, I don't know if it's true, but I've been told that, uh, like, divorce rates amongst baseball writers are very high. Mm-hmm. And especially the old guard that... Some of some of the the older writers traveled everywhere, and they were gone with spring training like eight months out of the year or seven and a half months. So, yeah, that undoubtedly puts a strain on relationships. I think travel has been cut back, and beats have been uh, split up, and work is delegated between two or three people now, so it's a little less of a grind. But, yeah, travel does put a strain. You have to, if you have a family, you have to arrange you know, child care and all those sorts of things. There's more responsibility put on the spouse left at home who's, yes. not, in, who's not enjoying the exotic location uh, that you are. Resentment can build. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, not 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 able to uh, not able to just take a a um, a, a rental car for six hours into the into the mountains surrounding <laughs> right. Denver. Right. Right. Yeah. You can't, you can't, the my wife is not able to do that. Now I did take her. Uh, on a trip every year before we had a child. So we would pick out, right. uh, we went to see, uh, some of the more des- desirable trips. We did Seattle, San Francisco once. So yeah, that was nice. Uh, okay. So that is one way to, uh, did you go on a baby moon? Olive, olive, uh, did, did you ever go on a baby moon, Travis? <laughs> I, no, I don't believe so. You didn't go on a baby moon? I, I don't, what's a baby moon? That's a, that's a like trip. a honeymoon for babies after baby. Yeah, no, you just send your baby away to a, to a nice city. <laughs> see, see how he does. No, it's a it's a thing that exists where a couple will go on a trip before you know, like maybe before the beginning of the the final trimester. Oh, when when a woman still feels somewhat uh, mobile, um, and uh, you know the the birth is not imminent. Uh, you will go, you'll go uh, on a trip, and he, the ideas be like, oh, so this is what, <laughs> this is the last time we'll see each other, <laughs> you know, yeah, without, uh, you know, without being exhausted, et cetera, for for however many years. But, I I think we did go. Maybe it was Denver. We wouldn't. I do remember there was there was some. It was a bit melancholy to think that this is the last time we'll know each other this, this way yeah, and be a, a pair instead of a, a uh, party of three. A yeah, tri- well, a except... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's reaching back to your Eastern, Eastern European roots. <laughs> yes. The, well, no, soon enough, though, your child won't want, won't want to be around you at all. True. I, th- I think it's easier the teenage years. Uh, where your kids don't have anything to do with you, uh, those writers are going to be uh, okay with. <laughs> everyone likes home. the arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone is good with it. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. The the writer, uh, be it a man or woman, is out of the house. Kids don't have to deal with that. Yeah, uh, but but <clears throat> what the other interesting thing 
interesting thing to me about travel is with the state of the industry, uh, more outlets are cutting back on travel. So, okay. so uh, my old newspaper, I don't believe, is sending its pirates team to West Coast cities this year for the first time. So, uh, I, I know other uh, San Diego, I believe, has uh, what is it the Tribune? The, the, what's the name of the San Diego paper? I should know this. The Trib. Isn't that the Trib as well? San Diego Tribune? Union? Tribune Union or something? Sure, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, they do not send, they will not send, especially if the team, the Padres are not performing well, which they haven't performed well in some time, I suppose, they won't send their writer to Miami. Team Newspapers are looking to cut costs in, in some ways. And even MLB.com, I think, becomes a little creative in how they staff games. So, uh, I think that's unfortunate for readers as they lose because their road access is better than home clubhouse access for writers. There are fewer, fewer media members around. Uh, players are generally more available because a road clubhouse does not have as many uh, amenities or places to hide as a home clubhouse does. So it's easier to get players. Yeah. Uh, there's fewer media around, so it's easier to get one-on-one opportunities for interviews. And so if outlets decide to travel, do less travel, I think coverage will be hurt. And there's also the <coughs> uh, encounters uh, with scouts or you'll meet someone out after a game and you'll learn something. You build a relationship with a source. Uh, so less time on the road, I think, is detrimental for coverage. But I Do know you have sources, Travis? I have a few. I'm not Ken Rosenthal, Carson. No, but. yeah, but do you have source? I don't. I'm not, I mean, I obviously have no intention of of prying. But do you have do you have sources? People to whom you turn for, for there, good information. There are people. There are. Uh, I met two scouts out once after a game in Cincinnati. Actually, mm-hmm. Covington, Kentucky. At uh, I think the place is called Molly Malone's or something. And okay. I still talk to them. I still uh, occasionally gather some useful information from them. But it all was all when uh, we just met each other at a bar. We didn't know who we were, and we were talking baseball. We introduced each other, and this beautiful relationship was born. So things like that will go away with no road travel. So road travel isn't just a glamorous perk. I think it yeah. does. There is a purpose to it, uh, and there is some value to be uh Now, that Molly Malone's it. is a... You think that's right on uh, East Fourth there in Covington, Kentucky? <laughs> uh, are you familiar with Covington, Kentucky? No, not at all. I mean, I know that. Are it's, you I Google know. mapping? Molly yeah, Malone's? that's what I'm yes. doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like it was near Quick Cash Pond and Ron Sunoco Services? <laughs> I believe that's right. Does that sound? No, were you actually ponding? This sounds something? like a tough neighborhood. Uh, yeah, but that's well. That's <laughs> I mean, Travis Sachik is there by definition. It's a right. tough neighborhood. I was not ponding anything. You but if you anything. notice, if you maybe expand out on your search a little bit, you'll notice there are quite a few Marriott properties on the riverfront. <laughs> I bet there are. <laughs> so yeah, if you expand your not search, popping you'll see up them. for me at the moment, yeah. And so I found I would walk over the bridge, the Roebling Bridge in Cincinnati from the Kentucky side. I would walk to the stadium. Most – I was one of the few writers who would do that. But I would leave Kentucky – Oh, yeah, look at that bridge. And that, it's a beautiful bridge, and I believe it was a a precursor to, or 
talking of the uh, a trial. Oh, this is a real bridge. Yeah, lead, the Brook, the same guy that built the Brooklyn Bridge, bro, Roebling, he built that bridge. Yeah. He did. Yeah. You ever get that feeling when you go over a bridge like this? You get a sort of uh, a feeling in your anus where where you because you're nervous and you think I this could this either the bridge could break or I could a swift breeze could knock me over. Do you do you get that feeling? That's uh, so, have you ever been over the Skyway <laughs> in Tampa? No, no, no. Uh, no. It connects it connects St. Petersburg with Bradenton, okay. just south of Tampa, and it goes over the bay. And it's tall enough so ocean liners uh, can pass under without the need of a drawbridge. Okay. Uh, and it's so tall, there's a suicide, There's a telephone at the top. And mm-hmm. I guess it's a suicide hotline because so many people have gone up there to to end their lives, unfortunately. But this is a yeah. very tall bridge. And it's to me, it's terrifying to drive over it. I hate driving over it. Uh, and so you yes. have to – was that on the beat? You, did, you were there on the beat? To go to, uh, from Bradenton to Kissimmee this spring. Oh, no. Oh. No, no Bradenton to St. Petersburg and Tampa, I had to go over that bridge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, I see, I see what you're talking about now. I immersed, water. I immersed myself in fear for fangrafts. For fangrafts.com. Uh, but you're not afraid of the Rob, what is the Robinshire Bridge? Was it the Robinshire Bridge? The Robling Bridge? The Robling Bridge. The Robling Bridge. No, You I walked felt, over that without fear. I thought I could survive that fall. Yeah. So mm, no. Okay. So right, my fear is to... based on survival. I think the odds. Would I, if this bridge collapsed and I fell mm-hmm. in the water, would I live? I, I think I would. Okay, you would. Yeah, you would have lived in that particular case. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I see that where it is. It looks nice. I mean, you understand. I'm not really, and I'm not saying this is necessarily based on any fact. But as someone who's from New England, the con, like the the concept of Kentucky, is is. Uh, repellent to me <laughs> and uh but i'm not saying that that's again i'm not saying that's based in fact i'm just i'm just reporting from the my worst biases do you see what i'm saying from the front lines <laughs> oh there is a there is a there is a marriott right by that bridge oh yes, yes. yeah there's several there's uh that's right by the northern kentucky convention center and the embassy suites there's actually a white castle mm-hmm. uh in the parking lot of <laughs> those marriott racist so. Racist white castle. Okay, you. Um, mm, let's see. <clears throat> oh man, Coven- I forget. What? There's some lovely parts of Covington, Kentucky. I'm not sure about the rest of the state. Uh, I believe Lexington is nice, but yeah. I've co- wait, 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 Lexington's not in Covington, though. It's no, in no, Kentucky. No. You're saying yes, yes. Yeah, generally in K- Kentucky, you're saying there's fine places. I believe so. I mean, your yeah, overall I, no. your overall bias could be correct. In, uh, yeah, and I'm not confirmed. saying that it's – that's what I'm saying. That's not based in fact. I'm just saying this is pure regionalism is what I'm is, – is Good old-fashioned regionalism. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> good old-fashioned. The Bee Reporter tends to seem to exhibit a type of – there seems to be a bit of martyrdom associated with it. They, the, 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 there seems to be a bit of pleasure taken from the the sort of archetypal image of, this, of the ink, ink-stained wretch. Do yes. you think do you think that exists? I think so and uh I think it's unbecoming to see uh because you uh, it is a nice job I think at the end of the day you are covering a game uh you are writing creatively often uh you are traveling at not your expense so I think it's not a bad way to make a living outside of some of the family uh the complications with travel 
so deceive. Your, I don't, your view of the world is so <laughs> is so infuriatingly um, level-headed and reasonable, Travis. <laughs> the fact that you're like, yeah, you know, like, uh, well, I don't know if it. Everything's perfect, but you know there's a lot of good qualities to it, and you have to work. So this is what I what you do. It's it's you you. I don't it's I don't picture you. you. <laughs> yeah, well, just like you, the fact that it's like it comes so easily to you. You're like, yeah, this is actually pretty good. It's a good arrangement. I mean, I guess it's better. I mean, we've talked about this before. I imagine like the first Sachiks to arrive, they their lives were probably not as uh, comfortable as yours. <laughs> it was. I'm sure it's very uncomfortable. I think they're fleeing the Bolsheviks, or at least the Russian uh, component. In my they had history. to. At least one of your relatives had to have been a, a coal miner, right? Uh, <clears throat> on my mother's side, uh, yeah, my mother's side is from Western Pennsylvania. Well, not Sweden via Western Pennsylvania to Cleveland, Ohio. But yes, I've had ancestors who died in coal mines in Pennsylvania. Uh, That's, I knew it. They do yes. it just by yes. just by looking at you. I mean, <laughs> it is fairly obvious. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so so let's talk about the family aspect for a second. You wrote a great piece, by the way, uh, about John Hart. Well, it's called the John Hart's Giving Tree of Innovation. Uh, Dateline Kissimmee. <clears throat> Dateline Kissimmee. I'll, I'll add a great start to that piece. That Dateline, <laughs> and. And you wrote about this sort of uh, sort of personal juggernaut that uh, John Hart has created, right? Where basically wherever he goes, um, he it's has a, he has demanded innovation. It's impressive. Um, I mean, you look at the tree of uh, subordinates that's worked who have gone on to become GMs and successful GMs. It's very impressive. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I think even what in that one, you cite a piece by Anthony. Castro Vince? Is that how you say it? Castro Nevis, I think. Uh, he's a columnist from LB.com. Yeah, okay. And uh, in that one, what is it, the 1998 Cleveland front office was John Hart, Dan O'Dowd, Mark Shapiro, Josh Burns, Paul D. Podesta, Ben Charrington, Neil Huntington, Chris Antonetti. It's a, it's uh, a pretty good group. Yeah, right. Well, I think they've all become uh, GMs. And I, as, I think a lot as, of people in the general populace believe the Oakland A's ushered in this era uh, with their practices. But, I mean, Paul D. Podesta was working for the Indians before Brad Pitt hired him in that scene in Moneyball. So. Right. Is that, the, is that before or after or the same scene as when they re- require Ricardo Rincon? <laughs> is it the same scene? I think is it, it is. Is it part of the deal? Right? Huh? I think it is. Part of, yeah, okay. I, mean, Send I, believe, me also. I believe it was uh, dramatized for the motion picture. But... The point being, Paul D. Podesta was down on the Indian step chart, and he became a star of the the Moneyball A's. Uh, right. So yeah, so the Indians. My point is, they were ahead of the their, the curve. They're ahead of the time, and John right. Hart deserves a lot of credit for that. John Hart deserves a lot of credit for. That. Let me also read you uh, some comments by Joan Coppolella, who is the general manager for the for Atlanta. Um. He says, every morning as I drive to spring training, I call John. As I drive home, I call John. It's constantly talking the game. What if we did this? What if we did that? It's constantly talking the game, constantly finding ways to get better. He'll always pick up the phone. This is where we get to the point where I mean. He will always pick up the phone, is what Coppola says. We've had conversations where we've been on the phone for hours, which is, by the way, is kind of adorable. 
So we've had conversations <laughs> where we've been on the phone for hours. I talk to him more. I talk to him more than I talk to my wife. Right? He says that, and he says later on something to the effect of, uh, oh, yeah, he's awesome. He's a great leader. <laughs> I can't say enough good things about him. He's a guy who's going to stay there until 3 a.m. trying to figure out a roster move. He's a worker. He's totally invested. He wants to be great. Now, listen, I can see if you are the Atlanta Braves, this is great for you. And clearly, if you're Joan Copalella, it's great to have a boss like this who is not – I mean, listen, you and I, we have to deal with Dave Cameron. It's hard to get in touch with that guy most days of the week. You know what I mean? He's got Johnny Carson type of schedule, latter-day Johnny Carson type of schedule. The, um, But what he's also describing – is a person who does not appear to have any sort of life outside of the game of baseball, which and I would think of I think of many, I think of many of my life decisions, many of the ways in which I gauge my time. I say, I say how, and this is this is probably a bad way to think of it, but I say when I am on my deathbed, is this something that I'm glad I will have done, right, or will I regret having done this? And I, wow. can, I can imagine, for me personally, looking back and be like, "Oh man, I talked to John Copalella more than I talked to my wife." <laughs> and I, and w- whatever John Copalella's virtues, I would, I would re- probably regret that because it'd be like, "Oh, did I participate fully in the human adventure?" You know what I mean? Or was I, uh, was I distracted by a game? Or is it all a game and it doesn't matter? Is a third entirely real possibility? But. You have a better sense of this than I do, seeing how this works. And I, I'm curious, from your perspective, generally, how do you see people associating with their families? And then I guess, as yeah, as a, as a beat reporter, how, how did you manage it yourself specifically? We've talked a little bit about it, but how did you manage it specifically, or how was it difficult? For me personally, it was, I mean, it's fairly easy before uh, our two-year-old came along. I didn't have, we didn't have to worry about childcare. It was weird that he just came along as yeah. a two-year-old, too. <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just right out of the womb, too. It yeah. was impressive development. Uh, <laughs> no, but, yeah, it was, it was a lot easier before I adopted the title of father. So you didn't have, you had much less responsibility. Carson, you're about to have a lot more resp- responsibility. I'm sorry yeah. to tell you. Yeah. Uh, but that, we had help from, my parents and neighbors and daycare, uh, but you have to arrange all that. It's complicated. Uh, but what I kind think of bassinet did you use? I we had, hand, what you used we had a, a hand-me-down, and then we we did buy a new crib from somewhere and had to put it together. And what kind of bassinet did you use, though, Sachik? Do you remember uh, the brand? I don't know. You don't know? Was it a, was it an arm's reach bassinet? Was it <laughs> was it a <laughs> was it a rock and play? Was it, it was, a rock and play? No, it was not a rock and play. It wasn't a Fisher Price rock and play, huh? No. Huh. All right. Well, you 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 do the work. You can email me later. No, I'll let you know. Okay. But I but these but but I am just a beat writer. You look at a John Hart or his subordinates, and they are running an organization that has a lot of people involved, a lot of employees. They're uh, the company they. Workforce worth a lot of money. Uh, they're making million dollar decisions with contracts, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I think executives do 
live in this bubble, and we often hear leaders in the sports industry talk about how hard they work. Uh, we, hear that, we hear that often, and I don't <laughs> doubt that they work long hours. Uh, but yeah, I think it's part of the industry culture. If you're in baseball, you're expected to work crazy hours. Uh, and if you're the Braves, you're, uh, you have a big project ahead of you. You have a young GM learning the game. So there probably are a lot of long conversations. And uh, I guess... I guess I see where you're coming from. It to someday, someday John Hart might regret picking up the phone every time someone do you, calls do you, up. Do you, for you, does it seem worth it? I'm just, this is uh, all. I mean, if if someone said if someone came to you now, it's like, hey, Travis, the work you've been doing at Fangraphs is truly is truly a revelation. You're going to be the GM of our organization, um, and you, you have. A, a lot of thinking power you can arrange. You can innovate just like one of your heroes, John Hart. <laughs> However, the requirement is uh, that any time John Copalella wants to talk to you, you got to pick up the phone. Is that does that seem to does that seem to be a fair trade off for you? And <laughs> these said conversations are going to last hours <laughs> at a time. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean. It'd be pretty cool to run a baseball team, right? It'd be tough to say no to that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, no, well, I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying, I, I, I could say no to it. I could, I could do that pretty <clears throat> easily, but because like they also do not like it if you just drink beer in the middle of the day is also what I gather. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's frowned upon. Do you know that uh, I accidentally f-ed up a blood test yesterday? Because <laughs> I, I was my doctor ordered a blood test for like what are the blood panel or whatever it's called, you know. And uh, I went in there, and I hate giving blood. And uh, I'm there, and I I do it. And the woman was great; she distracted me perfectly. And uh, just on my way out, I happened to say, uh, "Oh, is this going to be a problem?" I had like a beer with lunch. Is that a problem? And she goes, "Oh," uh, and she was so sweet. She's like, "Oh, um, you're supposed to just have water." And I was like, "Oh, well, this was just only a couple hours ago." And she's like, "Um, yeah, I'm gonna make a note of it." Um, so You're gonna have I, to repeat this, aren't you? I'm gonna yeah. So I really, I really biffed it for myself. But they didn't, they didn't tell me that it's a water, water fast or whatever you call it. It's not fasting proper, but you're not supposed to drink beer. I gathered. It's um, very European of you to be drinking a beer with lunch. It's also called alcoholism sometimes, but but uh, <laughs> but I don't think it is in this particular case. I think I just like beer with lunch. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. It's fine. I don't think it's harder to do with kids. I think because uh, you're driving them around or whatever. I'm, I'm uh, just fascinated by main culture. You can drink during lunch. You have uh, wow, all this wilderness and oceanfront and these craggy cliffs and well, you don't you fjords. Don't you, can, you have fjords. Don't you have fjords? We got we got fjords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all over the place. Yeah. Wait. So you you maybe the fangrafts sure. retreat should be in Bath. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, there is an independent team in Old Orchard Beach. I should actually go. I should go to their games. Do you do you, do you care for indie league baseball at all? Uh, <laughs> I don't. You know, I don't know if I care for it so much. Like oh, as, a, as a spectator. Yeah, definitely as a spectator. Yeah. Uh, I've never watched an indie. <laughs> I've never watched an indie league game in person. You haven't. What is your? For you, what is your? Um, and I could tip my hand here. It's not. I don't. I don't think I'll bias you. I prefer my favorite. Let's see. Probably my favorite ever place to watch a game is in Madison, Wisconsin, the home of the Madison Mallards. 
very intimate. There are a lot of people there, but it's a small, you know, it's 300,000 people, I guess, in the city. But the, the park is full every night, and you just got a lot of people. And um, it's cool because they're college players, and many of them will play at some level, uh, professional level in the future, and some of them will play in the majors. For example, like on the Mallards had Derek Fisher, who's in the Astro system. Okay. A, uh, popular prospect in the Mallards system. I think that Curtis Granderson had played uh, for the team, you know, a while ago, but he had been part of the team. And there are a number of names, of course, I'm forgetting it. But that was probably my – for me, it was like the ideal baseball experience. Very intimate, 5,000-person stadium. And a very – there's a lot – the PA guy had a lot of personality. Anytime there was oh. a – anytime there was a foul ball that that went – that landed out of play, he would just say the word wiener. He'd go, Wiener. <laughs> And if you if if one were to recover the foul ball and bring it to the concession stand, it was worth a hot dog. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, and so, he, but at every time there was a foul ball, but he would say Wiener, and he would, because people began to expect it, he w- would uh, mix up. He would you know vary his delivery on the Wiener. Craftsman. So, yeah, that's exactly the word to use. Yeah, he's very good. Now, what for you? Uh, you, of course, you've been to many parks, many of them at the major league level, but I assume at other levels too. What is for you the ideal? The ideal ballpark experience? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm with. I like an intimate ballpark. Wrigley is by far my favorite park to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to be writing about this on Monday. I do not like many of the aspects of the retro era ballparks. Uh, they're pushing us. Well, those of us in the upper decks, anyway further away from the action and the the sensory experience of the game the sounds of it if you sit in the upper deck at progressive field like i did as a kid you are very far removed from the action it it almost feels like a laboratory experiment is going down on the field and you're supposed to be i don't know it's it's very strange so i get the idea of like in an intimate setting like the one you're describing in madison i Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's much preferable. So it's harder to get that unless you're going to a minor league college or a independent league uh, level play. Now you covered Clemson for a while, right? I did. What were they? What were their games like? Seth Beer was not playing when I was. Uh... That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seth. <laughs> yeah. No. I college baseball is like I th- it's an underrated uh, sport, I, I guess, or classification of sport. And I especially love the college tournament. I think uh, the regionals are a lot of fun when you get four teams in one intimate ballpark setting and all the different fan groups and the stakes. So, yeah, I enjoyed covering college baseball. And Clemson Stadium is an intimate setting. Uh, South Carolina has a great new ballpark, kind of a – it's like a new double-A type ballpark feel. It's Mm -hmm. probably like 6,000 seats, but still small enough to keep you close to the action. Uh, so yeah, the college. There's a lot of nice college ballparks. So what's uh, the? So what for you is? What do you say is, for you the er experience, the ideal experience that you've actually in which you've actually participated. Hmm. The I, the ideal venue. Yeah, or, or the ideal. So are you caring at all about the product on the field or just the venue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think so. I think probably caring about the product. 
is it is it and i guess it matters what you're interested in like it sounds like maybe in indie league ball players don't like <laughs> that doesn't really get you going whereas i it actually does to me so maybe we could do we could do we could do two versions one the ideal venue and then yeah and then but then the second one will be adjusted for the quality on the on the on the field i'm trying to think about all the non major league venues i've i've visited it could tough. be a major league venue too if you yeah. want. Well, major league venue Wrigley is my favorite. Okay, uh, and where do you want to sit in Wrigley? I mean, do you want to sit right around the sort of inner bowl area? Oh I mean, yeah, the closer the better, I suppose. But what's great about Wrigley is you can be in the upper deck and you are still right on top of the action. Or Old yeah. Tiger Stadium. If you're in the upper deck, I was lucky enough to have watched a game at Old Tiger Stadium. Really? You are you are on top of the field in the upper deck, and it's a phenomenal seat uh, in many. I think in, I was looking at this, uh, for the Monday story, I was able to find all these cross-sections of stadiums. And I think in Ebbets Field, the last row of the upper deck was only 60 feet, 60 feet above the plane service, where the last row in the upper deck in Yankee Stadium, New Yankee and Progressive Field, it's 120 feet up above the plane service. So, and they're pushed further back because there's no obstructed seating. So if you're in the upper deck of Yankee Stadium watching Aaron Judge's home run the other day, you're still looking down at the ball. And that's I don't think that's good for for the people in the upper deck. You should be closer to the field. Uh, so, yes, going back to your point about asking about venues, I want to be very close to the action. Mm-hmm. And the majors, Wrigley allows for that. Uh, and, you know, minor league parks. Minor league parks are better. For, Greenville, South Carolina, has a great minor league park. Uh, and when I covered Clemson, I live in Greenville. I think it's still the low-A affiliate of the Red Sox. Yeah, uh, that sounds right, yeah. Yeah, they, great ballpark. Uh, oh, that's, yeah. that's, see, now this is good. You've got me interested in something here. Yeah, they have... The outfield dimensions are like Fenway, and they have this warehouse. They have a green monster and a warehouse behind it. and Yeah, it's a really... If you're ever in Greenville, you should stop at the stadium. It's, uh, it's a great minor league park. It's called Floor Field. Floor Field, that's right. At the West End. F-L-U-O-R. Yes. I recommend yeah. visiting Floor Field and Greenville. It's a lovely town. Oh, yeah. That's a, this has opened up a new venue. Maybe, I probably don't have the experience of indie ballparks and college ballparks that you have, so I don't know that I can give you the quality of answer response to your question that you would like. Look at this little town. Am I, am I in Greenville here? Yeah, I'm in Greenville. Now I'm in Greenville. Yeah, it's a great town. And what's I'm interesting at, about uh, Greenville is Charleston has a great uh it's a foodie town. There's a lot of great restaurants in Charleston and a lot of chefs or a lot of I guess sous chefs who train under head chefs in Charleston, they go to Greenville to open up their own restaurants. And so I think per capita Greenville has the most restaurants in the country. And their main street is wonderful with restaurants, coffee shops, bars, boutiques. Water there's a waterfall in Greenville. Uh, right in right in Greenville, huh? There's a waterfall right in the center of the town, and there's a bridge over it, and it's 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 great. It's not troubled water, is it? No. No. The Reedy River, the mighty Reedy. Look at this. But there's a great ballpark there too. Yeah, Floor Field. We talked about it. I'm Remember enjoying about. about I'm, I'm enjoying what Google Maps has brought to this episode of your program. Yeah, I think it's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. Smoke on the water. I see Floor Field there now. Again, one more time. It's right near Max Speed Shop. 
in the Liberty Tap Room. That's right in the left field, it looks like. Oh, I'd like to go there. That's where I would go. You're talking about unwinding after game, you know? Yes. Oh, this is the left field wall, yeah. Yeah. This is the big left field wall. This is a cool park. It's a great place to watch. Yeah, it's a great place to watch a game. I saw Christian Yelich there uh, when he was in A-ball, and Mm -hmm. he was so skinny. I thought, he's still skinny. I'm like, man, they drafted this guy in the first round? He looks, (laughs) they're going to knock the bat out of his hand. And, of course, I, I was very I, wrong with my projection on Christian You didn't Yellich. nail it. You didn't no, nail it. I sure did. I doubted his potential as a, uh, <laughs> his potential as a player. I knew, <laughs> I, his saw, pedig- I knew his pedigree. I was there yeah. to watch him hit. Cause I, but I, he was the skinniest guy I ever saw in a professional baseball uniform. I saw one – I saw a game in the backfields one time in, at the Marlins facility in Jupiter. And I saw all in the same game. I saw Jose Fernandez pitch. This is, I think, uh, he had just been drafted the, the previous summer, so he'd only played a, little, a couple of professional innings. I saw Marcelo Zuna get hit in the face with a fastball, and like he got up and he was like angry at the ball. It was his mostly his reaction. And I saw Christian Yelich in that same game hit a home run, and and like you said, he was so thin. Yeah. I said, what is this guy going to do? And then yeah, he had I, a home run. I had a uh, a bias against thin people, I suppose, playing baseball, and it mm-hmm. came back to bite me. Yeah, that's right. <coughs> Maybe it's because you're born in the Midwest, do you think? Is that where your bias against thin <laughs> people came from? <laughs> we, yeah, we don't have many thin people here. That, that, no. is, that is for certain. One time I was at the, I was at the doctor in uh, Madison. And, uh, by the way, this, this park really does look beautiful. The floor it's a field great park. in Greenville. And there's some really great uh, renovated old brick buildings out in left field, where the, including the Liberty Tap Room. Yes, yeah. they've done a fabulous job uh, rehabbing, reinventing their downtown in Greenville. Yeah. And it's another yeah. example of a ballpark being integrated into a neighborhood, a city, yeah. uh, and it becomes a more vibrant place. It's yeah, you're not a, renting a car here. Right. You don't need to rent a car here. You no. get, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Maybe, you get, maybe you get a ride downtown, but then you're walking around. We need ballparks in neighborhoods. There's yeah. no reason for Miller Park... Or City Field to be built where they're built. City Field in particular is fascinating. I just assumed, because it's in uh, Queens, that it's going to be in a neighborhood. But then you go, well, even before you go there, you perform a Google (coughs) Map search, like the ones we're conducting here. And it's um, it's just like collision repair shops everywhere. Yes. To their credit, they're all different languages, which I think is great. It's like, do you, you know... Here's the Swahili, you know. Here's uh, what you know. Other obscure language. Everyone, if if you only speak one language and it's a it's a foreign language from a distant land, uh, you could probably go to a car repair shop around uh, City Field. But uh, it's not ideal for the park experience. Uh, I t- Swahili was actually the foreign language course I took at Ohio State to meet the requirements. Is that right? You had to, as an undergrad, at least when I was there, a long time mm-hmm. ago. You had to take four quarters of a foreign language. Mm-hmm. It seems excessive to me. I think it seems great. And so you took Swahili? I, I took Swahili. For four quarters? Yeah. And uh, how's your Swahili now? <laughs> I have no grasp of Swahili. And, mm. I, and I did not either when I left that course. Yeah. Uh, it was a... <laughs> there were many athletes in this course. And it was... Look, if I was taking a foreign language 
when I was six years old, it would be very useful. I would probably grasp it, and it would become embedded in uh, the, the proper region of... I would master that language. Yeah. But I, I think it's tough to pick up a language at 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's ideal. No, I don't think so. No, so uh, when I was... Uh, I want to tell you just quick. When I was in Madison, this is, this is the Midwest, I went to Dr. Cutts, one of the great, one of the great doctors. There's ever Dr. Existed. Cutts. Dr. Cutts in Madison, Wisconsin. Great because when I told him I was a little bit concerned by how much I was drinking, he, um, he said, well, listen. He said, uh, <clears throat> one to two a day is actively good for you. And uh, three to five, you just it's only diminishing returns, you know. <laughs> so he said, just don't drink... Just don't drink more than five every day. Hmm. I said, okay, okay. Doc. That's, I'll try. And, I'll try to hang in on the, hang in there. Uh, um, I feel okay about where I am. Yeah, Doctor Cuts though he went to uh, te- test my blood pressure, you know, with a sleeve, and he put it around. And this on the smallest setting, it was too big for my arm. <laughs> and then he he's like, ah, Midwest size, and he put it back, and he got a smaller one. That's what he said. <laughs> Doctor Cuts. Doctor Cuts. Doctor Cuts is <clears throat> great. Yeah. Highly endorsed Dr. Cuts as part of the, uh, whatever the hospital system there is, yeah. Oh. Well, listen, Travis, I've, I, I've kept you for some time now. This has been an, an illuminating conversation, though. <laughs> well, I, I hope it has. Uh, yeah. Listen to the beautiful sounds of, of the outdoors. Do you, do you hear that lawnmower? The pleasant sound of a lawnmower in a distance? Yeah, but it's the perfect distance, right? Yeah, yeah. No. It's, a. Uh, it's great. It's not the, yeah. It's not close enough to be an annoyance. It's only it's it's gray noise. It's at a distance where it can be comfortable gray noise. Yeah, no. I mean, it's almost like you you've you created this real enviable audio scenario. Like, you I could, could just you could Google map my address and see me right now mm-hmm. from the satellite, probably. I could co- well. I know. I'm just saying. I could I could live in this space for a long time. <laughs> just to just to because you got birds chirping. You could. Is it sunny? Not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> There's a airplane flying overhead, birds chirping. Oh, yeah. Watch out for chemtrails. You gotta watch out for that. Prince was worried about chemtrails. What about um? What do you got for temperature over there now? I want to say it's like 75 degrees. Oh, you really need to shut it. Are you wearing you short sleeves on? <clears throat> no, I'm wearing Adidas wind pants, a white t-shirt, and a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> What? Are you, are you gonna go rob a convenience store immediately after? <laughs> well, I was gonna do some pawning later. And, uh, <laughs> That's true. I know you have experience in that. <laughs> you know field. I love the pawn in Kentucky. <laughs> this guy loves going to Kentucky to pawn. Only in Covington, though. Only in Covington. Yeah. You know, you have a great week coming up in terms of weather. It's just getting slightly warmer every day. Uh, only moderate. You're gonna have 88 next weekend. Are you ready for that? We don't have air conditioning, so. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. The people, people too big on the air conditioning. Just stand in front of a fan a little bit. So some, splash some water on your face, stand in front of a fan. <laughs> Does anyone in Maine have air conditioning? Sure. Yeah, really? People get air conditioning, yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. we were married. You understand it's part of the United States, right? Like, it's not that much different. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I was married in Maine. My wife and I were married in Maine at the New Wagon Inn. And there was no air conditioning there. New Wagon Inn. The New Wagon. In uh, Southport, or near Southport. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. We talked about this. Yeah. How'd you choose Maine again? Oh, my wife, uh, she was an army kid, 
but yeah, she spent she lived there for a while. She liked it. That'd be a a nice mm-hmm. destination spot. And it was you know pretty much was a nice destination spot. We had a lovely time. Did you go out to the Cuckolds when you were there? I don't think so. There's an island it looks like called the Cuckolds, which is a strange name for an island. I have to check that out. There's an inn at the Cuckolds too. Wow. New wagon. New wagon seaside inn. Oh, this is all new to me. Yeah, I've never been up there. Never been up there, but I, that's great. That's great for you. Great well, for you, buddy. <laughs> go up there. Hey, that's actually new. Wait, the new wagon, that's not far from me at all. No, you should go. You go oh, to Southport. Oh. We took a schooner out, a schooner trip around the bay. It was lo- you can bring your own wine and you can bring a cheese plate on board. You should go up there. <laughs> Do you, can you only bring like, can you only bring like totally bourgeois uh, food and drink with you? <laughs> if you like so. trying to bring beer, that you get, no, no, no. Actually, but if you bring, <laughs> we were we actually didn't realize you could bring your. It was a BYOB, yeah, uh, schooner ride because everyone mm-hmm. else did bring alcohol on and we didn't, and we felt like huge idiots. So, we did you just, borrow from other people? No, we just stood there in a s- state of sobriety. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh man, the worst state you know, on a boat. Really, yeah, yeah, not where you want to be. And, <laughs> but we had a. <laughs> but I can, I can remember yeah. the trip. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, all right. I'll, yeah, I'll go up to that new wagon. It looks like it's not far from Booth Bay. You just keep driving south. Booth yeah, Bay Booth Harbor. Bay Harbor. Yeah. 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 That's 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 a half hour away from me. So I will go up there. I'll go up to the new wagon. Please do. Tell him I sent you. All right. I'd be like, Travis Sochik was here. Do you know him? He likes to pawn. Bunch of family died in, died in coal mines. Any of, this coming, <laughs> any of this coming back? I'm sure they'll remember. Hey, Travis, uh, allow me to let you enjoy the rest of your day. It's 5 o'clock exactly. I should probably do one more piece of work. But um, what a pleasure talking to you. This was wonderful. Yeah, it was great. I feel like it was probably better for you, not because you get to talk to me, but because of your accommodations at the moment. Yeah, sounded I, sound amazing. I know. I don't, it's birds chirping, cherry blossoms. Ah, uh, we have azaleas here. It's almost like being at the Masters or something. You know, they quiet pan mm-hmm. out, look at the leaderboard. Spring is uh-huh, near. Yeah. Yeah, except uh, it's not. Uh, membership isn't restricted. <laughs> right. So that's that's also good. It's an advantage. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to look at your house on Redfin in a second. But before we do that, uh, allow me to say allow me to say thank you, Travis Sochik. Thank you, Carson. Yeah, that has been Travis Sochik. I'll say the prolific Travis Sochik, contributor to Fangraphs.com. I'm Carson Sestouli. This has been Fangraphs Audio.